You're listening to The Parting Shot with H. Allen Scott. So I usually reserve Friday episodes for more casual chats, often with friends of mine. But I just spoke with Jodie Foster and, well, I had to share it with you. And considering that this is my second time that we've spoke, we're basically best friends anyway, right? I mean, that's how it works. Maybe just in my head. I don't know. Now, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but we are in the midst of a Jodie Foster renaissance. Yep, it's true. Not only did she pick up her fifth Oscar nomination for her work in Netflix's Nyad, but she's also in the hottest limited series on TV right now, True Detective Night Country. And if you're not watching True Detective, I don't know what you're doing because I'm obsessed. I don't like what are you watching on TV if not this True Detective? I don't get it. The long running anthology series took a long break before returning with the new season starring Jodie Foster as Liz Danvers, a detective in remote and cold Ennis, Alaska, investigating the strange disappearance of men from a research facility who appear to have gone missing without a trace. It's part gritty true crime drama and part x-files it's so interesting and weird and different and good and it's just wow it's just so good but for me what's most wonderful about it is that it brings jodie foster to my tv screen every single week you see foster is one of those creatives who doesn't feel the need to constantly come out with something new instead she waits for the right thing to come along if she's not acting she's directing and if she's not doing that well she's just living her best life often with her bff jamie lee curtis But at least for now, we get Foster on our TVs and at this year's Oscars. She was last nominated for an Oscar 30 years ago with Nell. But before that, she won two Oscars with The Accused and then the other one for Sounds of the Lambs. And her first nomination was when she was just a kid in 1976 for Taxi Driver. So when I asked her about what she thought of being nominated this year, her response is unlike what you'll hear from any other Oscar nominee. And that's because Jodie Foster knows what... Every aspect of this industry is about, of the entertainment industry. She knows how this works, and frankly, she just seems grateful to be a part of the community. For me, I'm a longtime fan of Foster. Ever since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with her, first as an actor, and then as a director. But now that I'm older and I work in and report on the entertainment industry, my respect for her is more nuanced. I understand how she navigates what she does, and why she's quite literally in a league of her own. So let's get to it. Grab a snack because I'll be right back with Jodie Foster. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi there. Hi. Hi. How are you? Very good. It's so nice to see you again. 
You too. Yeah. You too. Wait, what time is it there? Are oh, you in LA or? I, I'm in LA. It's eight thirty. Okay. Eight thirty a.m. Oh my gosh, so early. I mean, if it's Jodie Foster, I will get up early. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. I have to start with though. We are in a bit of like a Jody Renaissance, if you will. I oh, mean, boy. there is so much. And, and frankly, as a longtime fan, I am very excited about this moment for you. Do you feel this sort of like renewed interest in you and your work? Well, I think it's just because I did two movies back to back, really. I guess I do kind of, but it kind of scares me. And the chances are I probably won't work again for another four <laughs> years or maybe I'll go behind the camera again. Um, yeah, I like to, you know, I, I respond to a piece of material and I love it and I'm obsessed with it. And then I have to look for my next obsession and I may not find that for another four or five years. Yeah, but I mean, I love that you take the time for the right thing to come. You know what I mean? Like for, it's just even this with this project, I mean, you haven't done an on-camera television acting role since 1984. I looked it up last night and I was blown away by that. Wow. 1984. I don't even know what I did in 1984. No, it was the blood of others, a TV movie. Oh, that's funny. Yes, it was a TV movie. It was a, no, it actually, yes, it was a TV movie. Right. So wild. I mean, 40 years, like 40 years since you've done anything on television. What, like, well, first off, how's your return to TV going? Are you enjoying the experience? <laughs> well, it's a new TV, as they say. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a new world, and it's really the, the, the golden, you know, the golden moment of yeah. streaming. So I feel very lucky um, to explore things for six hours or eight hours. I mean, that's, that's just a gift yeah. uh, to be able to play with a character like this for that long a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I love movies that are an hour and a half long you know i love that because i think that's short story form it has a beginning a middle and an end and there's something really perfect about that but it's a different kind of storytelling yeah um and i i i will always love that that you know hour and 45 minute storytelling yeah yeah true but with this show i mean uh, one of the things I'm thinking, I'm, I'm in watching it. We've never really, we never have been able to spend this much time with you with a character, and also to see the moments in which oftentimes get left out of movies because you don't have enough time to really show the the, the things in this series. I mean, people are responding to it in a way that I'm just so excited about. How do you? What do you think it is about this season of True Detective that people are responding to? Oh, well, I think it's probably the same thing that I responded to in terms of the script, which is it's a genre show in some ways, right? Because it does live in the uh, sort of horror, uh, spiritual, science fiction genre, thriller genre, darkness. Um, But then it's really entertaining. Yeah. Um, And it sort of has both things, this depth of character, this darkness and depth of character, this complexity, but then also really entertaining. Um, And I really kind of insist on that in the films that I do. I I don't want to make, you know, long, esoteric, boring movies that only some film person wants to see. And I also don't want to make junk. Yeah. I want to make, you know, that sweet spot between the two where you make something that has so much resonance and that keep people thinking and feeling for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. but that also they really enjoy going to and talking about. And, um, you know, that, that's why I, that's why I saw films. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do that so well too, because even just thinking about that, like thinking back on your films, the amount of times I quote, like they should have sent a poet or like something from panic room or like little things. And it's like, Sure, it's a great movie. It's a cinematic, beautifully well done movie. But at the same time, it's a movie, too. And you do that with a lot of your work where it is this balance of sort of 
high art, but also real classic Hollywood entertainment at the same time. And I think we kind of need that that balance of the two. Yeah. And, you know, people talk a little bit about, you know, well, why is that not happening in the feature realm? Right. Mm -hmm. Right now, uh, the only the only mainstream distributors are really only making uh, amusement park rides. Really, they're just making big, giant, epic things where you sit in you sit in the movie theater and for fifty dollars, which is a lot, you know, you kind of get this like intravenous thrill experience. Mm -hmm. And um, that's great. Yeah. But that's not the only thing. And unfortunately, that's that's not what that, the the mainstream, the the um, mainstream distributors have abandoned a narrative. They've abandoned storytelling. And so now we have that on streaming um, yeah. and we have it for these wonderful limited series and these wonderful long episodic things. And now now people are finally discovering that they can see their films that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. And this character, too. I mean, I have seen. Probably everything you've done, with the exception of the blood of others. I didn't see that TV movie because I yeah, think I was so too young much. for that one. But but I I have I've seen most everything you've done. And this character is unlike anything I've seen you do. It's dark and human and well, there's something different about her. She's awful. You know, <laughs> she is unconscious and she's um shitty and she's um racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, without even realizing it. She thinks her jokes are funny and they're not. Um, But I think that what people respond to is that there's a real truth in her and that whatever this, this bad attitude is that she has this corruption in some ways that she has, that it comes from a veil, a a mask as she's covering over some, a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that, 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 you know, that was my job was to kind of maintain that so that by the time you get to episode five and six, or s- certainly six, yeah. that you finally do understand why she has this, these coverings, um, yeah. you don't hate her so much, you know, that yeah. you've just given up on her before you get there. Yeah. That, well, there's also, I mean, it's so interesting you brought up episode five because there, I'm mean, not going to say anything for any spoilers, but there is a moment in episode five where something shocking happens. And well, it's the big moment between the father and okay. the son. Yeah, all those things. Not giving anything away, but. Okay. And it is wild to me how you, I mean, I've seen you cry a lot over the years, but in that moment, this character does not cry and the tears will not fall from her eyes, but yet you see them welling up. How do you do that? I don't know how you physically do that as an actor. You know, I don't know how actors do anything. I'm always in awe of them. I'm just like, oh, wow, I could never do that. Isn't that amazing? I could never do that. I'm always just like in awe um, because you're just watching people living. You know, you're just watching yeah. people being. And if there's anything, I suppose that that's my ambition is to just be and live and to have audiences witness that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen. Um I mean, I have plans. Sure. I'm like, I'm going to walk here and I'm going to turn around there and I'm going to, you know, but I don't have plans about the feelings that I'm going to express. It's really just what happens in the moment. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a funny thing about acting. It's like, uh, it's a skillless skill. And, um, I don't have a skill, but apparently I do because not everybody can do it. Don't ask me why. (laughs) And I think the only thing that it's about is just about connecting. It's just about connecting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that whole moment blew me away. Also, the tone of the show kind of blew me away because, I mean, I'm a true crime fan. I love a crime film, a crime show. But like going into this, I wasn't really expecting it to be as sort of like horror driven and, and in an exciting way. It's kind of like I thought I thought of it as like a law and order in Alaska meets the X-Files. There's sort of like all right. of those combinations happening right. here. Did that excite you about this? 
Yeah, it really did because I'm always, I, I really appreciate, ever since Silence of the Lambs, I really appreciate that that Jonathan Demme was able to make a real horror genre movie that really touched people in a very deep and complicated way. I mean, you really care for Clarice and you care for Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. I mean, there's a real, there's a real respect or weird kind of like connection, that intimacy that you have with Hannibal Lecter. And um, I think Issa really understood how powerful that is. Uh, and as she says, you know, true detective, even season one is, the 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 love child of both seven and 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 south the lambs you know they all kind of come from the same beast they all learn from each other and um, i hope that season four is able to do that is to be the next installment of that yeah um and, it, and it's true we do go in a in a direction that's slightly more uh horror related maybe or sci-fi related than uh the first true detective but that's what's beautiful about an anthology is that it takes yeah. it in different directions and if you're gonna you're gonna have that sense of place mm-hmm. right alaska it's dark it's night it's freezing that primitive connection with nature and you recognize that that place is millions of years old and 80 percent of the population is inuit yeah. uh, of inupaic origin or you know whatever tribal origin you can't you can't not have the spiritual world mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. That's so much a part of their life and how especially how the dead are walking among them and inform them the generations of pain yeah. that native people in these remote areas have experienced. And they're the, the, the burden of colonialism, like the fact that that's the horror Mm-hmm. is fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so you can't ignore that if you're going to go to Alaska, I suppose if you're going to go to like, a mall in St. Louis, you could. Oh, well, that's my hometown. But not if you're going to go to Alaska, you can't yes. ignore that side of it. Yeah, I love that you just name dropped my hometown. That that will oh, excite me for really? the. Yeah, that's where I'm from, my St. Louis, well, Missouri. Maybe I had a, like a psychic. I hope so. Movie. I mean, you know, I've been I, I watched a lot of your movies in St. Louis, Missouri. I have a lot of memories of that. So there you go. There you go. I have to say though, too, like I and I have later on a question about Home for the Holidays, but you are such a great director and when you're looking at a a script for example before you even do it like true detective i I mean i would imagine i almost think you um, you you probably lead as a director before an actor like do you read a project like that and think oh i wish i could have directed this or i wish i could direct this like how do you choose that and how do you get jealous if you can't do something like that well there are some extraordinary movies that i'm completely jealous that i didn't direct yeah. um or in my you know they're in my genre or in my wheelhouse yeah. uh, but of course if i had made them they would be totally different yeah. so you know but there are films that i love so much and that i respect so much and you know i i wish that i had directed them uh, but i don't think i mean it's really easy for me because something like true detective is not something that i would direct it's really mm-hmm. i want i want somebody like Issa to direct it or jonathan demi yeah. or david fincher yeah. um so I want to serve them. And there's something it's it's there's something really beautiful that actors are able to do. Uh, and even directors in television are able to do is identify a vision for a film and say, how can I serve you? Yeah. Um, let me serve you. Let me bring whatever experience I have or wisdom I have to the table. But I want to tell your story. I want to help you tell your story. Mm-hmm. And that's really satisfying. 
That's great. I mean, I have to also congratulate you on your Oscar nomination for Nyad. I have Thank to ask you, you about Nyad because okay. I, ju- I just recently spoke with Annette Bening, um, and I, I told her how angry us as or myself as homosexuals and all of my homosexual friends are angry that she's never won an Oscar and how that's <laughs> and how that's shocking. And her response was incredible. She told me to stay mad about it, which I loved. Um, <laughs> but I love you two together and I love and this film it spoke about you know chosen family and unique family structures and how these two women who are a family were able to accomplish this kind of thing in a queer way but also in a very human way and it just right. it I loved it so so much I mean it's been a long time since you I think there's a few films you should have been nominated for an Oscar for over the years I'm just saying Inside Man is one of them but That's- how do you feel about getting this kind of acclaim right now for a film and particularly this film for Nyad yeah Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, it always feels like bingo. It always feels like, oh, I have cherries. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really it's it's hard to connect that up with your performance because it just feels lucky. Mm -hmm. So I just take it as luck. And it's sort of like a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride adventure that you're doing at Disneyland, um, because with the Oscar nomination comes all this stuff and you meet all these people and you kind of have this adventure and you're on this ride. Yeah. And you realize that you're a part of a community, you know, because I forget sometimes that I'm a part of a filmmaking community. And it's, mm. it's, it's nice. It's nice to be like, oh, well, that's right. I do belong to the, <laughs> you know, to the actors community. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I mostly I just love Bonnie and Diana. So that was my first impulse for making the film is that I just love them. I knew them socially a little bit. And I was like, this is something people should know about that they don't know about mm-hmm. that women of a certain age, um, you know, in some ways, they're kind of like my mom's generation. Mm -hmm. Like they had to choose between living an authentic life and their families. And so they lived an authentic life and they had chosen families that sometimes are ex-lovers most of the time um, because those are the people that knew them and that they trusted and that they wanted to be the last person that they saw when they died. And um, that's a really sacred thing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people didn't really know that, you know, or they didn't think about it or something, but they can relate to it. I don't know if you saw um, All of Us Strangers, also another movie that I just love. Incredible film. And it's it's so heartening for me that so many people that I know from every walk of life, from young people to old people to married people are all like, that movie got me because I'm totally in that movie and I totally relate to it. and yet it is so much about the queer experience. Yeah. And stories that just aren't often told either even on television or film in, in terms of, you know, we usually see couples happy and they say a lot of times they're queer couples right. and they're happy or they're divorcing right. or whatever it is. And in this right. one, it was like there's not they're, they're a couple, but they're not a couple, but they're they're friends right. and they're family, but they're not. And I relate to it so much as a queer person. But I find a lot of straight people are like, oh, that's. Why didn't they fall in love? What's happening there? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a really interesting response. And I love that you and Annette are putting that out into the world. And the story is being put out into the world so that people can experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, you know, there's, there, there's always that expression there. Oh, we're just friends or that's just friends. You're like, just? Yeah. That's a big thing <laughs> to huge. be a friend. I have, you know, one of my oldest, my oldest friend, Marco. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew each other from the time we were 17 in college and we've been best friends ever since. And yeah, when something happens to me, like when he got in a bicycle accident in New York city, like he called me from the ambulance, you know? And when the second my mom died, like he's the first person I called and he will 
we will always be each other's first person. Yeah. And that's impossible to describe to people that 40 plus year friendship mm-hmm. and where the place it takes in your life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, another friend that I have to talk about, it, one of the things that thrills me so much in the past few months, I've been able to talk to both you and another one of my favorites and your good friend, Jamie Lee Curtis. And I love, uh-huh. I love that. And she is one of the craziest, wonderful people I think I've ever been yes. able to connect with and now be able to text with, which blows me away. And I love the success that she had over the, this past year, winning the Oscar and everything. And then you this year getting nominated for an Oscar and her being at you two being at the Oscars together, her as a presenter, you as a nominee, that yeah. friendship, like, yeah. What? Well, first off, speaking of friendship, I mean, what is that friendship? But also, how do you feel about her success this past year? I think it's so long overdue. Yeah. Well, and you've got the bear, too, because yeah. that that episode she did of the bear is just beyond like I, I've i never seen a performance like that on TV. Yeah. I, when I saw it, I just was I just couldn't believe how amazing and how great she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we have that to look forward to as well. And yep. I hope that I'll be presenting her with that. At the oh, that's Emmys, right. You, you both will be at the there. Emmys together. Oh, that's so funny yeah. if that happens. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, I don't have, I have almost no friends that are actors, like literally not a single friend. Mm. Uh, maybe I have one or two, but really very, very few. Mm. I don't know. I just never, I don't know if I have the right personality or something, or <laughs> I just never stayed friends with actors, but I, I I stayed friends with a lot of technicians, but not actors, but Jamie's the one person. And it's mostly because we're uh, like, there's six of us that are friends. So we're besties and our, our children are all grown up. Yeah. So it's like, we have this friendship. That's like you have when you're 20, when you're like, we could go to Mexico city, let's go to Mexico city. Or, you know, let's, let's, let's have dinner at two thirty in the afternoon. You know, we, we do these things because we kind of can together all six of us. So it's a very special, special group. I love that. And I feel like people were so surprised that you and Jamie Lee Curtis were friends when that happened on the Today Show where she asked you a question. I forget the scenario. Oh, yeah. And I just yeah. remember online people were just going crazy about the two of you being friends. And I'm like, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she, is she really awesome. is. Well, I want to ask you and I mentioned this before, but because I do love you so much as a director, but also Home for the Holidays is I did a whole thing on it this past year about how people need to revisit this film. It is a Thanksgiving staple. It is a film that everyone should watch every year and just that more people should be paying attention to it every year. And my mother got me out of school early because how much of a fan I was of you. I got out of school early to see Home for the Holidays in its first showing at the Pair 14 Cinema Cine in St. Louis, Missouri, in St. Louis. I saw the 1230 showing. And it was I loved it. I loved it. I became obsessed with Holly Hunter from it. And it was just because I was such a fan of you. I was like, I need to understand this. And it got me into understanding great directors and sort of how all of that works. And you were mentioning earlier about the film industry kind of going in a different direction and becoming amusement park films and everything. And I think Home for the Holidays is such a testament of films that just can't get made anymore. It seems they just they don't happen. And it upsets me so much. So I wanted to know. What does that film mean to you? And more so, do you think that we'll ever be going in a direction where there'll be more films like that, more stories, family stories? Um, Yeah, we are at a weird moment, I think, at a transitional moment, right? As these two parts of the industry have kind of like separated the industry into big, giant, mainstream Hollywood distributed movies that are franchise films or uh, Marvel movies, et cetera. And then the 
kind of like story and everything else, which is happening on streaming. And they kind of like got, you know, it's totally separated. But there will come a time, first of all, the, the, the habits, the movie going habits have changed. People, especially the pandemic accelerated things. People just aren't going to movie theaters in the same way. They don't treat it the same way as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're looking for story. When they're looking for story, they're looking for story on their home screens. Yeah. And I think what you'll find is eventually um, that will also be where our short story form. So beginning and middle and an end, an yeah. hour and 45 minute movies. That's where you'll watch your hour and 45 minute movies. Interesting. Interesting. And yeah. also, also, too, I mean, I have to ask you about one particular scene from Home for the Holidays. And that's my last question for you. And it sure. haunts me to this day. And Bancroft changing in the mirror as Holly Hunter lays in the bed and she's smoking that cigarette with the ashes just flying everywhere. And she's reading yeah. that Dear Abby letter that, from the news. And it just I think it's one of the best scenes in of any 90s film I've seen. I mean, it's just with Anne Bancroft, who's incredible. How did you shoot that? Like, what, what made you decide to shoot it in that way? Because it almost feels different from the rest of the film. You know what I mean? It feels like a different yeah. moment, a different feel. To well, it. there's a, there are a lot going on in that scene. If you remember, she has the flu. Yeah. So Holly Hunter has the flu and she has that fluey feeling, but she also gets high in the bathroom because she can't stand her parents one minute longer. Yeah. And so she's, so I think that was, it was like, okay, if you're high and you have the flu and your mother starts taking your clothes off in front of you <laughs> and then starts telling you, this story that even she doesn't realize is so sad about herself. You know, what does it feel like? There's also the reference of Anne Bancroft in Rose in, in um, uh, the graduate. Mm. Mm -hmm. So there is that moment where she, you know, she undresses in front of him. And that's such a huge moment in the film that to see Anne Bancroft all these years later, you know, there was something sort of powerful about that reference. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's what people feel like. There's this, there's this moment of of your of her mom in this case revealing herself so intimately and so totally and then not even understanding that that's what she just did um so i wanted to truly make a comedy that was a full on tragic drama yeah um and people people don't make those very much anymore but it's something that i really love it's one of my favorite films and every single year i scream at people to watch it i just i i just <laughs> scream at people to watch it well jody this has been such a honor and a pleasure to speak with you again and i just i i'm so excited for everything you're doing and i i hope to speak with you again in the future great i hope so too yeah thank you so much okay so here's what you need to do go to max and watch true detective night country Then head over to Netflix and watch Nyad. If you're listening to this the day it dropped, you've got a long President's Day weekend ahead of you, so you have plenty of time to catch up on this Jodie Foster renaissance. Thanks for listening today. Go on and follow me at H. Allen Scott on everything. I want to know what you think of True Detective, of course, and Nyad and all of the things. And also sign up for my newsletter for the culture. Until next time, watch something fun and have a great day.